Welcome to Seishura. I'm Jim Jam. I'm Scoot Magoo. And uh, Scooter, how you doing? <sighs> doing well. It is the first. I am a. I am a cold. You, you sound. You sound so tired. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's been. It's been a long week of of or a long month of travel, really. But uh, I am a yeah. cold weather lad, and this is the first. Yeah, what as I am consider, I. Yeah. This would be what I would consider the first like hot day. Of, of at least the spring and I am I'm not prepared <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'm ready for summer um, I I yeah I'm, I'm with you um, we're, we're gonna have to do something during the summer for like to like find somewhere just cold to like record but um anyway we have got some we I don't know I, I don't know I don't know how long this episode is gonna be but let's just get into it um so uh, for those people you know with an ear to like more underground music uh, their news dropped this week uh or i think it was it could have been even last week um let me see april 4th yeah that was last week um of red bull music academy the website shutting down um in october which um uh, for those who don't know it's like this interesting website that's it is it, it's, it's actually like a sort of like a foundation that works towards um supporting musicians and like a lot of underground musicians and uh i i just stumbled upon this thing actually not even a month ago um and i you would think that like a name like red bull music academy you would think it would be like edm and like very surface level bullshit but there's a lot of really interesting stuff on the website. I, I actually found the site because I was looking into uh, Glenn Branca's, it's like symphonic works. And they actually have a whole guide to Glenn Branca's music on this website, which is like fucking insane to me. That's really, uh, yeah, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have yeah. a chance to really, I mean, I, I, I kind of clicked around a little bit and have a chance to dive in that much, but just reading the article and just from your description, I had no idea something like this existed. It's really fascinating. Like, it's really, it really, really, really cool. They, if you, I, I highly suggest checking out some of the videos. They have, like, I mean, the, the range is insane because, like, like they'll have someone, like, you know, like, sort of like a, uh, lesser known like electronic artist but then they'll have someone like alvin lucier who's like you know uh, like an avant-garde composer mm. <laughs> you know just on uh who's also from nashua by the interesting. way interesting i didn't uh, know that that's yeah cool. yep yeah he uh he has some pretty interesting work that's worth talking about at some point but they they really they run the gamut pretty wide and i think that's really cool uh and it just it, it, it does suck that like this type of thing is unfortunately dying um you know and so we actually i i sent scott this uh article that the quietest did just about it um you know on how sort of you know what what this could mean for underground music that's literally what it's called um you know and just trying to get a grasp on this in a way it's it's kind of interesting um that you know this type of, like like I, I think it's weird that it took this long for it to yeah, shut down I mean, it's quite been, honestly it's been around for but, like a little over 20 years i think it said in, what 90 and 98 yeah. when it launched i mean i was yeah. shocked you know that was more shocked to me 
Like, you know, not only the fact it existed, but literally it's been, you know, throughout, you know, the 2000s, you know, almost, uh, uh, you know, almost into what, three decades, you know, more, you know, mm. that, that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, I, but if you listen to, if you read the, some other parts of this article, there are some like, uh, the, the, the guy who wrote this is sort of pointing out that there's, uh, sort of been like a lot of cutting when it comes to underground experimental music that like even the BBC, um, you know, has slashed one of its biggest, uh, experimental, uh, segments, you know, it's things like mm-hmm. that, uh, which I think some people are worried about this, but like and and I, I mean I'm a little bummed out by it, but I I feel like whenever there's if like it's it's okay just easy film quote uh field of field of dreams you know like if you build it they will come yeah. kind of um I I think that's something we forget about that like there are so many little little subcultures out there that you know, go over the tiniest, most minute things you wouldn't expect. And I mean, this, this goes anywhere from like, you know, like sexual fetish to like music to like, you know, knitting, like, (laughs) you know, it, it it really like, and so like, I I just see what I personally see is, is that it's more like it's going to bubble up in other places as opposed to like Red Bull, like, you know, because it's not like the people that are a part of that program. It's not like as if when Red Bull shuts down, they aren't going to exist. Yeah, they'll just have to find different avenues. Um, yeah, and, and kind of, I think the reason that I was so surprised that it's lasted this long is that this does not seem like something that Red Bull would even want. Like, I don't, I don't even see why. No, obviously, I think something like this is worth worthwhile. I wish I knew about this sooner. Uh, but a company mm-hmm. like Red Bull, this just doesn't seem like something that they would find. It's it's super yeah, weird <laughs> because I mean, we're talking about a brand that uh, did you know that uh, I think it's in New York. They have a major league soccer team here in the U.S. called the New York Red Bulls. Like it's literally the name of their team is is the brand and their logo incorporates. That's something weird about soccer is that they you know they incorporate brands a lot more prominently in in, in whatever. Yeah. But like the, the point being that. Obviously, that's the type of thing I would imagine something like Red Bull sponsoring. You know, not something like this where the visibility is somewhat limited, especially in comparison to, you know, a major league sports team. But I feel like we've seen this a bit uh, even in the, the metal community. I mean, do you remember those series of, uh, like, Scion, the car company? They released a series of EPs. I think it was, I know they did the Melvins, they did Revocation. I did yeah, not they, know they, this. they out of nowhere. That's and I think they though. sponsored like a series of shows. Like they oddly got super invested, and like, seemingly as soon as they, like pretty much as, as soon as they got invested, they quickly pulled out because I assume it wasn't as lucrative as they wanted it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, and and then yeah, you have instances it, 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 where you know, like I think uh, was it Coachella? It was one a recent festival, electronic music festival. Uh, KFC sponsored a DJ to go up there in a, you know, Colonel Sanders outfit. Like, uh, I, I wish I was, I wish I was kidding about this, but that actually happened. Um, That's, that, that probably brings me to 
Um, maybe some other points that people aren't looking at that maybe this could be a good thing in a way because we're you know there's no longer like this bland corporate presence <laughs> you know now even though I, I think to be totally fair Red Bull's been you know very um you know dedicated to these artists that they sort of just give them free reign yeah but still like just that I did like I don't know like because it, when you're bringing all that up like it, immediately the thing pops into my head of um what was it hamburger helper doing that that rap mixtape? yeah exactly like a couple yeah. years ago or like um you know just just like bullshit like that that that's just so like i think it's this is a case of like you see the, the good side and the bad side and they're kind of the same coin the same side like the you know different sides of the same coin God, I, I, is, is my brain, is it obvious my brain yeah. isn't here today? <laughs> well, I, I feel like the brands in general with advertising, it's really a matter of let's just see what works. So I don't, I would be interested to know why, like deep down why, because obviously, you know, they're, they're going to talk about, Rebel's going to talk about, and I think when, you know, the article said they talked about you supporting the, the arts and like all, all the things you'd expect a company to say about like why they supported a program like this and, you know, how... Um, oh, what was the exact quote? Like, kind of like the, the the most like PC nicest way of saying like you know we can't do this anymore. Um, like at the end, uh, it said um, the world is full of great ideas. This was one. You know, like like the the best positive spin on. And I'm not saying I mean like maybe the, they didn't see the money was there. Like I'm not saying this is necessarily Rebels. Obviously, they put a ton of money in years into this. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, there really isn't any money here, and I like because I mean. I, I mean, the the fact that neither of us knew about this, you know, in, until basically just like a couple yeah. weeks ago is it, it just shows that like they were obviously this is this, this is an investment on their part that did not pay off. Exactly. And, and I, I'm, again, surprised that they I'm assuming it didn't take a ton of their money or like their budget if they were willing to try it for as long as they did. Um, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm assuming Red Bull has a lot. Yeah, of I assume money, they do pretty well. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it, considering that whole soccer thing, like I didn't even know about yeah, that. It's, it, like, that's uh, also side note. Um, do you think people get confused with the Chicago Bulls? Um, you know, I mean, it's like I got, when when I say that uh, it's pro- like the, the logo of the team has like the Red Bull logo. So yeah, I know. Like, I, I, I'm just thinking about, like that if they're calling their team the Red Bulls, and like I think like the Chicago Bulls' logo is a Red Bull. Uh, to, I think uh, I think I, it's, I, I think I, I just think stupid people like me would 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 very much conflate the two. So. <laughs> I mean, I think the 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 Chicago Bulls, their logo is iconic, you know, with Michael Jordan and whatnot. That uh, it would yeah. be distinguished. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that we're seeing. Um, I mean, we we just we don't see this that often. I mean, like when when's the last time you saw? I mean, occasionally, like I guess Death Heaven comes to mind. In the sense that uh, when, I think when they had different, co- like, you know, the backings of iPhones, they had, like, you could get different colors. Oh, when they yeah. did, like, the launch of it, they had the pink iPhone and they had, you know, Apple Music up or whatever. And, def- you know, Sunbay that was on it. So, like, occasionally you'll see a big, you know, big major, like, major company throwing, you know, an underground band uh, a bone. Although, at this point, I don't even know if Def Heaven's truly that much of an underground band. I mean, they're kind of, they they're really one of those borderline where like, obviously they're, they're kind of like the, the most known of the unknown and like the least known of the known just to be, <laughs> I, 
I, I sort of get what yeah. you mean. I, I tend to veer on more of the side that they're way more popular. Yeah, than no, think, I, I, mean, I agree. Like, yeah. Just considering Pitchfork's, you know, discovery of them. And I think like, like basically like since Sunbay, they're, they're like, I think people actually give a shit. Um, whereas I think the rest of the metal community, you know, as the years go by, give less of a shit about them. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, I mean, I, I can't say, I mean, does this, does this stuff bother you necessarily? Like, obviously, you know, with, with this kind of site, it seemed like Rebel was just kind of there. They were there as a, a financial, you know, financial backer. Um, whereas like when big companies get involved with, uh, cause I know there were some people when Scion sponsored, you know, it was like free EPs. Like you could download a free Melvin's EP and it was all original music too. And like, for, I think it might've been a few covers, but it still it was like new things that they produced. And some people mm-hmm. were like, you know, this is, you know, you know, cor- corporate shills, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I mean, like, it's not, I mean, all it is, is it was, you had the Scion logo on it, you know, you know, potentially, you know, yeah. it's really, it doesn't affect the fact that. You know, they're, they're paying for bands. To, I mean, it clearly didn't work for them since they pulled out pretty quickly. Um, but, I mean, like, I don't really think this is a bad thing. I mean, if there's, if they want to direct, like you said, companies like Red Bull have a ton of money. And if they want to direct it towards these kind of causes, I mean, that's, I, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it sullies the music, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I, um, I know, it's, it's a little, I don't know, like, I'm sort of, like, I can sort of see both things like i i i think just speaking as a writer um you know who wants you know to get published and things like that i the idea of being under someone else's thumb creatively uh and i'm not i'm not saying that this is the case for all these you know corporations throwing money at artists but like just the mere like i i i feel like that's if they wanted to play that hand they could mm-hmm and i would just prefer i mean personally not to be involved with that type of thing but at the same time we also live in a time where like it's basically impossible to be an artist you know have that be your full-time job mm-hmm. unless you want to you know either completely sell out you know and but but by that i i i mean like just you know be, basically just embrace like the lowest common denominator sound just for you know the money i'm not like like i i think th- there's a difference between taking corporate money and you know like changing your sound mm. so like um i think people people forget that so sellout sort of becomes such a like a it's almost like a buzzword now um yeah i but, i don't even i feel like sellout over the years has really lost its meaning to your point like i i feel really like I'm not, i mean obviously i i you get a sense of what people mean but what like I guess what people would consider selling out is, is more of a... a yeah, I, I think that, like, you know, like, people would go to, like... I, I think there are some people, and I don't agree with these people, who would look at, you know, that old Scion series and be like, yeah, Melvin sold out. But it's like, it, 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 it's not like I, I... The Melvins don't seem like some, like a band that would, you know, alter their sound or compromise you know for someone else like they've always sort of done whatever they wanted yeah, exactly. to whether yeah and i mean at times to the detriment of their own fan base yeah so um you know it's but but then you know you have someone like i i don't know um maybe i, I don't are you familiar with sage francis yeah 
Yeah, his his later stuff isn't. I I I don't know if that's a great example, but like you know what I mean that that like there are some artists out there that will just like try to go like w- to whatever's popular uh, without any real care about uh, it, just for some radio hits. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you can just look at pretty much every pop star out there <laughs> in a way that that, that that that's making it on the radio yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. So you know, all, all this to say, it it's. You know, it's it's definitely bittersweet in a way that this is going away because I mean the, the sweet part is that this thing is still around until October, and I plan to you know try to utilize this as a resource more, mm-hmm. uh, just because you you don't see you know many videos just you know with some of the people that they talk to, so you know like I I think that that's something worth worth keeping and like I'm hoping that there are you know people out there who are so passionate that they'll actually be able to save a lot of this stuff like um i don't know if you've been paying attention that like people were able to save like a ton of myspace's music that was reported as oh just yeah i did gone. see that yeah yeah so i I'm, I'm hoping that they can sort of do the same thing mm-hmm. um because i mean <clears throat> it's not like it costs anything to have a youtube channel running mm-hmm. still uh so yeah yeah um yeah <sighs> okay so our next thing um we so if, if you follow us which you know if you do thank you um we on our last episode we were talking about uh, a lot of prod music near the end what, what you drinking scott i am drinking uh, a pig's ear brown ale from um um, Woodstock Inn and Brewery from here in New Hampshire. You, 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 th- you think they would sponsor us? Uh, I don't. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, I really don't. I would be shocked. They'd be like, "You fucking losers!" No. <laughs> <laughs> they, actually, no. The, the real the real answer would be like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you're talking a lot about prog music because I had mentioned I think uh, my album of the week last week was Porcupine Trees, um, Fear of a Blank Planet. And we were we got into like this little conversation about prog metal and things like that, and so we decided, hey, let's let's just open up the floor for just some talk about some prog, uh, because we it's it's a genre that I think we both have gotten renewed interest in in like the past year or so, um, and so you know part of that today is you know including uh, you know I I made Scott listen to Porcupine Trees in Absentia and he. Had me listen to uh, Leprous's Bilateral. And uh, so I think let's just start with our own relationship with prog music before we dive into those albums and then sort of go beyond that. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, I guess I experienced prog before I even like knew what prog was necessarily. Um, mm. Like, I mean, I, I eventually, the bands I listened to were very clearly prog, you know. Um, my dad had his vinyl collection downstairs. I would play on his uh, his Super Nintendo, uh, like old Neil Mario, like the OG Donkey Kong and stuff like that. Um, and I would put on you know, records from Boston and you know stuff like that. And one of the records he had was Drama by Yes, which in hindsight is not one of Yes's best albums by any stretch, but it's <laughs> still, it's, still a good, it's a solid album. Um, and I listened. It was just it was so interesting. Because it was so, at the time, I was listening to very short, straightforward music, and this was very, you know, 
over the top, outlandish, theatric. The songs were long. They developed. You know, it was it was very odd in that regard. I, I just wasn't used to. Um, I don't know. Just just really really wasn't used to music that sounded like this. It just it, it was way more lush and involved than I, I really had experienced any type of music before. Um, and then of course came you know bands like Rush. Um, my dad had, uh, I think one of the, one of their last big concerts. It was uh, Russian Rio, and so you know, yeah, 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 that, that, that DVD. So yeah. we watched watched uh, you know I watched that all the time. You know, it was a really really great performance. You know, the crowd was amazing. Uh, that was phenomenal. Obviously, Pink Floyd. My dad had the Wall. Um, Dark Side uh, of the Moon. Actually, I think they only had the Wall for whatever reason. Which is interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I get that. Like, like a lot of people consider that to be Pink Floyd's best album. I, I personally disagree, but I, I can understand. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's a solid album. Uh, yeah, but I, I think personally, I would, I would pick um, either um, Dark Side or, or Wish You Were Here. Um, yeah, I, I would do of, Wish You Were Here over everything else. Yeah, kind of a sleeper hit being Animals. Like I don't think it's their best album, but I think yeah. it's it's just it's good. underrated in, in, in at least in regards to like the the big four. But anyway, that it kind of my journey stopped there more or less, which I guess you can consider. I guess your opinion on the modern like gent movement on like how much that is prog metal, which I'll say a lot of times when bands these days call themselves like um, progressive metal or like the, the new term is like progressive metalcore. Which is really a fancy way to say <laughs> gent, or like you know, like kind of tech techy deathcore. Which is something yeah. wrong with that, but I feel like um, I feel like, and I mean, maybe this is a, a bit of a segue we we can get into. But I feel like my biggest issue with uh, prog metal, which is is clicked recently, it just it was very over the top and outlandish, um, and that's something that is finally for some reason just clicked with me recently. I think after listening to Melina by Leprous, uh, that sound just you know started to appeal with me more for whatever reason mm. um but i think another thing that that bothered me about Prague for a while even you know even at the point when i like definitely enjoyed the style is how much it's truly become kind of like a sound in a genre tag rather than an idea mm. like I, I feel like back in the day you know pink floyd was a, a psychedelic rock band that truly made progressive interesting ideas and now Prague is just kind of a a sound it's become like it's not so much about being progressive it's just you know prog sounds a certain way i don't know if that's been your yeah sense. yeah no definitely not to cut you off there but uh, what i do want to talk about that in a little bit mm-hmm. so um <laughs> but i would say you know when you because I, I i remember um yeah you, i mean you, you had your time with like yes and stuff like that and then when you started working for heavy blog i think your <laughs> your, your your thoughts towards uh prog metal were, were pretty low if i remember correctly yeah i, um, I, was, I was a little contrarian shit um for, you know, <laughs> which i mean we, we all are so yeah that's um, true yeah and i mean i i would say you had good reason because i think you know when we were both entering this world uh like, like the, this this you know world of metal in like 2012 or so um you know gent was just making it like like you know tesseract released like their first album and like you know we we had like all these prog metal movies and heavy blog is you know i at least at 
initially was primarily a uh, progressive metal focused blog. Um, you know, so like, I don't exactly blame you because I think gent is one of those things that like, it has, it's a cool idea, but it's like, they, they beat that horse, like past the point of death. Oh God, yes. Like, like to, to the point that it's just, it just becomes a parody of itself in a way, like much like we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and also not to mention that like, you know, Mashuka has been doing the same thing since the nineties, right? Like I think right? Mashuka Mashuka started around the nineties. I right? think yeah, I think Destroy Race Improved came out around the early to mid nineties, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so like they they they've been doing that for that long and finally some people are like, Hey, look, do that. Do that again. You know? <laughs> it's just like but yeah, it's like let's do that, but let's take out like all the soul of it and just put like very pristine production on everything. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, like I, I don't blame you at all. I, I think you know, just you know, you you people like what they like. Like I, I, I feel like I feel like I shouldn't even have to argue that point. But like, if you look on the internet, some people just do not understand this. That like. You know, you don't exactly need a reason to like or dislike mm-hmm. something. It's just, it's like a matter of taste. And sometimes it's so primal that it goes above, you know, any sort of, you know, um, rational comprehension. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say on my part, I, I, I think I've I've been a big prog rock fan, big prog fan, you know, ever since I really got into music. Um, like I'm trying to let, like, I think one of the first bands I really got into was Tool, yeah. you know, which was a very like prog metal. I, I don't know exactly what I would call Tool, but like they, they have like this strange weird edge to them that I think pe- that fits nicely within that genre tag. I, um, I would say probably know, calling them, I think prog is fair. That's a fair tag. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Because I mean, I, it's, so sometimes like. I, I feel like progressive, like using the tag progressive, is more like, oh, we don't know what else to call this, so it's going to be this. It's, it's, it's sort of like alternative rock. Yeah, for like, sure. So it's like, what, what the fuck does that even mean? Uh, because like, <laughs> so like true. technically, like Incubus and uh, like REM are both like alt rock bands, uh-huh. if you think about it. But like, they do not sound similar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I've always I've been a pretty big fan. Like you know. Uh, I really got into Rush in high school. I really got into Pink Floyd in high school, you know things like that. Uh, you know, Tool was always there. I you actually got me into Opeth. Um, it took me a little bit to be fair, yeah. but I I really I I really do, I really dig Opeth yeah, now. Absolutely. Uh, J- Jethro Tell's Aqualung and uh, Thick as a Brick are still really big albums for me. Uh, Mars Volta. Yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, I, as I, I'm literally just looking one. down. Oh my god! I'm just looking at Rate New Music's list of like just prog albums. I mean, like Mastodon's "Crack the Sky." I mean, like, like again, like I feel like this music has been like just a cornerstone for me because like I've always just had like this, like this, just like this musical boner for like the weird. <laughs> it's like Shit. the best way I can describe it. It's just like. I just love like weird music and like just weird stuff that like sort of pushes boundaries uh, or at least like it doesn't exactly have to push boundaries, but like it does stuff differently. Uh-huh. You know, it, it isn't the same old status quo, you know, and I I think just I've always really identified with that a lot. Uh, and so it's just really cool to see, 
you know, uh, these musicians doing that type of thing. And even though, like, I think some people, you know, will give Rush, like, like, a lot of shit for what they do. Like, I, and believe me, I'm not, you know, enamored with Rush. Um, they, like, Caress of Steel is, like, an album that I just dread listening to ever again, frankly. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I, I still have a lot of respect for them, is is sort of my point. Yeah, and I, so, I think that was yeah. something that really, you know, why I, I would keep trying prog bands, and why ultimately yeah. I went with, you know, progressive, you know, insert genre tag here. I think Opeth was probably the first like modern prog band that really got to me because obviously I love death metal. Um, and what, what the reason I kept trying is because I feel like progressive brand band, you know, progressive music when done well really does bring a lot to the table. It's incredibly oh, inventive. Yeah, it's creative. A lot of, you know, uh, you know, phenomenally, uh, you know, adventurous songwriting and ideas and the, you know, the way that, um, you know, there's, there aren't many rock, you know, subgenres with like movements. You know, it's it's very common to see movements in prog rock and different you know segments to songs and things developing. So I think the reason I kept coming back is because you have to at least um, commend prog rock your prog metal bands. You know, their uh, willingness and and their ability to create truly multifaceted. Um, you know, a lot of depth to their music. Yeah, that's why I, I kept coming most back. most of the bands. But yeah, no, I I, I guess Sure, you. yeah, like when, when when progressive rock or progressive metal is done well, it's just it's it's a rich tapestry of sounds, honestly. Yeah. Most definitely. Oh, I forgot to mention also uh Queensreich's uh Operation Mindcrime, mm. though I I personally have never seen why they call that prog metal. Um, that is very you that, know, I remember we heard it that one yeah. time we were in Bull Moose and I was like I it was surprised me because I, I, I liked it more than I thought I would. But also I was like, yeah. I really don't think this is a prog rocket. Like, you know, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying I really it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. sound sounded more like a like a kind of a proto power metal album or you know kind of a hair metal yeah. album. Yeah, I, I mean, it, nonetheless, that album was had a huge influence on me as a teenager. Like I listened to that so many times in high school, like. Possibly more than like any other album wow. I've owned. Uh, like I really dug Operation Mindcrime. Um, you know, so gotta gotta give it credit. But so so well, let's move on to uh, these albums that we um, listened to this week. I re- I really want to hear your take on on Porcupine Trees in Absentia because I I, I feel like you've listened to it before, but you know, um, just yeah. It like, just, I will say on either the first or second listen, I guess. I, I feel like I did listen to this before. But in, in any mm. case, it did sound familiar. And more importantly, th- this this was a fantastic listen. Uh, just from mm. from start to finish, the kind of it checked all the boxes of what I look for in prog metal. And it totally, it was one of those just, you know, those click moments where um, yeah. I totally understand why I didn't like it before, and now, like, I, I totally get why you thought I would like it now. I mean, it's just, it really, um... It, well, it's it's funny you bring that up, because I, I wasn't actually sure how you'd feel about this. Like, as I was listening to it again this week, I was like, hmm, I, I, I don't know if I picked the right album for Scott to listen to. Like, no, because, yeah, um, I really did like this a lot. Oh, well, I mean, that, that's, that, that's good, because, I mean, I, I think it's a great album, but I think uh, every Porcupine Tree's album is, like, 
a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I feel like this album has a lot of really um, laid back, very soft passages mm-hmm. to it, which I, I think um, could throw some people off. I, I know that you know for a while, uh, like like a, like a track like Heart Attack and a Lay By, uh, you know, or like Collapse the Light into Earth or even like gravity eyelids would sort of like i'd be like yeah like these are okay but like you know i'd rather have like you know like wedding nails or like um creator as a master tape Mm -hmm. you know off of these albums um so you know i i was i'm I'm really glad you liked it though uh you have any favorite tracks from it i don't know if you're paying attention to track listing or not or Uh, i really i liked um let me pull it up um yeah, just kind of like the, the the initial suite of songs through. I think what well, it's something about Muzak. I don't remember the exact. Yeah, the the, the sound of music. Yeah, which yeah, um, music is funny because that conjured memories of when I worked at Hannaford and the name of the company we, we you know contracted with to do the the music was called Muzak. So I was like, I wonder if this is like a tongue in cheek. Oh. You know, I was like a tongue in cheek. I did the attack. Yeah. So like, yeah, um, I don't no, know if like you know. So, M- Muzak is 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 you know just a um, uh, like a like a catch-all term for yeah. you know music that's you know purposely composed to you know sort of create a sense of calmness. Like it, it's sort of like just like bland corporate music, but there I think there actually was like I think the 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 term came from uh, a corporation way back in like the early you know night uh 20th century that was called the muzak company uh and i guess they're either still around or somebody, somebody else you know name. that's really interesting name yeah but yeah I, I yeah mean, this is one of those uh kind of uh it kind of embodies what i was talking about before is that the way that the album developed the, the different moods i loved how it was just a very multifaceted uh prog album there was some kind yeah. of sp- spacious almost like space rock elements kind of remind me of yeah like point three but the the track point three has a lot of like spacey parts to it yeah and it it reminded me of almost a uh um i guess kind of spiritualized like the band i I knew you were gonna say spiritualized a little bit like not really because obviously spiritualized is more of a almost shoegaze leaning band in a way but uh yeah definitely the spacious uh definitely a lot of vibes from you know Pink Floyd animals, you know, at least in in the way mm. that it kind of effortlessly blends, you know, acoustic elements with, uh, um, you know, some of the heavier, some of the more uh, direct, aggressive, uh, a lot of uh, parallels with Opeth, honestly. Like, I definitely understand yeah, I why that. they're, uh, you know, they ultimately made an album together, which I never listened to, but I heard nothing but well, bad things about. Um, <laughs> which I, you do know that that Stephen Wilson's you know, been the producer for every Opeth album since yeah, exactly. um, Still Life. Except I, I, I think like the these last three, possibly Watershed too. Um, I don't think were produced by him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think yeah. that's, I, that, that's kind of what I meant. Is that, that not only that, but just in general, like the, the, that connection makes even more sense. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's just a really phenomenally well written album. Uh, you know, really want to listen to it more. Want to listen to more of their stuff. Uh, kind of t- timing kept me from. I was planning on listening to uh, Fear of a Blank Planet and some of their other um, albums, but I think this was the the at least from what I experienced 
just uh, just from this listen, this is clearly because I think you said this is their most highly regarded album, or, or some it's people say it's their best. I, I would say like I think you know it, it, it's kind of like a three way tie between In Absentia, Dead Wing, and Fear of a Blank Planet. Uh, maybe the incident too, but I would say just those first three are probably the biggest. But I think like all of their albums are really interesting. Uh, to be fair, I really haven't listened to the very first album on the Sunday of Life a whole lot because it's pretty much just Stephen Wilson on his own. It's not until like the sky moves sideways, I think, that uh, he ends up getting sort of the rest of the band involved. Uh, but yeah, no, I like Absinthe is definitely up there. I think it's I, I it's still probably my favorite album of theirs. But to be fair, I, I like listening to I like listening through a lot of their albums. You know, like, um, I, it's been a while since I put on The Incident, so I feel like I, I'm probably going to do that at some point this week. But, like, I Deadwing on a couple weeks ago, and that was really great. And, you know, like, they, they all bring their own little personality into them, too, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. Because I think there are some, like, prog albums and prog bands that, like, it feels like they're kind of doing the same thing every time. And even though what they're doing is really good, it nonetheless is like, oh, I could just listen to whatever. Like, um... Like Rush, I think is a good example in a way because yeah. like, like um, do you remember when I bought that album uh, Signals? Yes, with, it, with that one yeah. with Dalmatian. Yeah, yeah, some of the Dalmatian on it, and the, like that's a good album. But the thing is, like, it sounds just like any other Rush album, uh, w- without basically w- w- without the hits that like Moving Pictures yeah. had. <laughs> so, um, but that doesn't to say I don't love Rush. So. You know, it's it's just like I think it's cool when you have a band that that can sort of always be exploring, but never divert entirely, like you know, away from its sound. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, on the side of of Leprous. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally shitting you. I I love this. I really love this. I enjoyed this so much. I was surprised how much That's I love this. That's great to hear. Yeah, I um because I remember listening trying to listen to this album actually in the past because I thought like the album cover I always thought was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, you know, just that that, that Jeff Jordan cover painting. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just such a he's such a great he artist. Is. Absolutely. Um, so like I I remember trying to listen to this and I just could never really get into it. I remember like people on the blog were like obsessed with this album and Cole like a lot. I remember, I think Carlo once posted this music video for one of their songs that I think was off of Cole. And I thought it was just like the most boring fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> and um, really what got me into them, like you, was was listening to Melina. Because I, I there's just something about that album for me that just like really clicked. That like, I, I think part of it has to do with uh, Einar's vocals. Uh, just like, like they, they're, I mean, they're on point in bilateral as well, but like, they have such a strange focus in Molina that, like, mm. I just, like, you know, I it really just took the cake for, like, just such a great album that, you know, I, I'm sort of regretting that I didn't uh, include it in my best of a couple years ago now uh, because I think it's just that great of an yeah. album. But listening to this again, I'm like, like, listening to this, well, really giving it a fair chance. I really love Bilateral. I thought this was so just, like... Um, l- 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 like my previous comment that like 
these guys have this have this signature sound, but they're able to explore within it without you know completely running away from it. Uh-huh. And I think that's really cool. And just like like some of the riffs and some of the production choices in this thing were really interesting. Like the second track, forced entry, starts off with like this really odd like I don't know if it's like uh, like a palmed riff or something. But it's really like it's it's one of those things that makes you stop and be like, what? How the fuck are they doing this? And like, I I, I think that's just great. Um, I I will say though that like, I I think most people. I I mean, am I wrong in thinking that most people consider this to be Leprous's best album? Um, or... I think so. I think the the narrative is more been that they. Some people think they've been on a downward trajectory. For a while, the the oddest part of that being is a lot of people say it's because they've kind of softened their sound, which is odd because I don't think they've ever truly been like a yeah. a metal forward band. I mean, obviously this is easily their heaviest album, but not like I wouldn't consider it a like a heavy album if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it really it really isn't like you know. It, I mean, it definitely has its points. Like you know, it, I mean, there are some some like you know dirty vocals on this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Isan shows up on the track, I guess, yes. uh, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know about. Uh, but, like, you know, I think this is, I mean, I usually see this as considered as one of their best albums. And I, I still, I, I think I like Melina more, but I really, like, I totally get why people love this album so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly can't wait to find this in a record store somewhere. Um, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before, about um, possibly at the end of the year doing, like, you know, a best of the year, but then also like best discoveries of the year, mm-hmm. talking about albums that, you know, have previously come out in other years, but we didn't really know about them in, or like listen to them until like this year. Yeah. And I think th- this album would be up there for me. Like, it was like, like the first time I listened to this, I was like, this is really good. But then like, I listened to it the other day and I'm like, that's an understatement. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, cause it, it's, they have this just like, they have the songwriting down just so well. On this album like it's just like it keeps your attention and i mean like like the, i mean the second track on this thing is 10 minutes long which is like if you can keep someone's attention for 10 minutes for like a single track like that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. to me anyway absolutely um yeah so just nothing but positives here i thought it was great uh, I, th- I thought some of the instrumental uh choices were really cool too like that that there were like trumpets mm-hmm. you know on some parts, I, like I just think that's really cool, you know. Um, yeah, just positive. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's an album that um, it really, at least to me, it feels like there's bilateral, and then just kind of everything else they've done in the sense that this easily is more. I don't know. This just it's a different feel. Like the rest, like I, I, in my opinion, Cole, the Congregation, and Molina, kind of. They have more in common with each other than bilateral. Bilateral feels a little bit more. It does have heavier parts overall. It's a bit more. I don't want to say messier because I, I don't mean that in a negative sense. It's more kind of like 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 the, 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 there's a lot of um, dynamics. Yes, maybe dynamic, but like it just it feels kind of um, I guess looser is the term because it definitely is dynamic. It feels a little bit looser in the sense that. Uh, they definitely have gotten cleaner. Like, again, they've never been, like, a heavy, heavy band, but they've definitely have gotten cleaner over the years. And this is definitely... They felt more loose, more um, nimble. And I yeah. appreciate the the adventurousness of, of this album, that they kind of... 
both in Einar's very unique vocals and um, the song structures they, they use and, and the explorations they have, it's just a bit different than their contemporaries. Obviously, there's a lot in line yeah. with, with you know what Prague has has been for you know in the modern era, so to speak. But uh, I, I feel like it's just a bit different. You know, they they approach it in, yeah, definitely in um, a unique way. And do, do, have you listened to Tall Poppy Syndrome by any chance? It is not. I don't think it is on uh, streaming services. And I think at one oh, point, I have to check that out. Then. Like I was gonna buy it on CD, and it was. And I think they did a reissue that was like super overpriced. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Like, like I, I always, it always stinks when they when they do that like they, they keep it off streaming services and then they they make a big deal that oh it's it's finally back and except by the way you have to spend like 30 bucks on it because i yeah, definitely I, considering how bilateral sounds i would be very interested to hear what um what tall poppy syndrome sounds like so, so some people say that that's truly their best i yeah i've i've sort of i i don't like it radio music sort of has like bilateral and i think the congregation is like the highest but i mean you know, I I always take those ratings with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. uh, just because they aren't like the ratings depend on the average of the people who rated it, and so you know if it's not a huge band, you won't have uh, a very average review. Yeah. So like you know the the like the numbers get pretty skewed depending on how big the band is. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, but that's that's interesting. I I think when you know with really like those re-releases, I think sometimes they remaster uh, some other stuff. Like I know that um, I, I'm pretty sure anyway that uh, Protest the Heroes Kezio they I, they reissued that not too long ago. But I think they they remastered it or something. Which frankly, I don't think they needed to. But you know, I like good on them, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Um, I really want to get to this this meaty little subject here, though, that, that like, Prague basically has sort of become this strange, stagnant buzzword it, to sort of describe a certain type of music. It really has. It really yeah. has. It's, it's very it, bizarre yeah. um, how... I mean, tr- truly, progressive was... I mean, let's go to Jethro Tull. Like, who, who, what fucking band at that time was like putting flutes in them? Like, it was just they really, yeah, or or, or making like you know a, a track that like an, an album that's just two songs that's forty two minutes long. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like the, the, that's you know, you know, like the 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 um the samples and the ideas and the concepts that uh, a band like Pink Floyd would you know put into play. You know that that's just. You know who was doing it at at the time? You know, no one really. Um, so fast forward to now, it feels like it really does feel like Prague is a sound rather than an idea. Like I feel like when you have, like we've talked about this before, like avant garde isn't. It is more of an idea and like experimental. It's more like a practice than necessarily a genre. Like you you can't yeah. you can't as easily put. Obviously, if you say avant garde jazz, people kind of get more of a idea of what you're talking about but if you just say it's avant-garde music that's kind of that there's a lot of things that that could mean but like a lot of times yeah. a lot of times when you say prog people know like oh, pretty much spot on what you're talking or they have a general idea like okay this is what you mean and um i think that's 
I mean, it's, it's not inherently bad because, you know, you know genres serve a purpose and if people want to listen to bands that sound like, you know, XYZ, whatever, like that, that's, you know, that's helpful. But. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like, it's more of, I think maybe it isn't the genre itself that has been stagnant, but it's more like perhaps the title progressive yes. was a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. Uh, because like I mean th- to be fair like I think there are a lot of just prog bands out there th- who have been sort of you know like spinning their wheels a lot uh, or at least it feels like like a band like uh, like Haken or Haken however you say them uh, yeah. like I've tried to listen to their stuff and it just comes off to me as just like oh this is like you know standard prog mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't feel like like there's it, like and it really feels like it's like that label prog that it's like oh they, they're just sort of doing what like pink floyd and like you know old canterbury bands were doing you know and they, they all they're doing is just sort of pumping it up and just adding some more like distortion mm-hmm. to it um you know whereas i think those original bands you know i think you know like they, they were really trying to do something new. yeah exactly um yeah, I, I I think it's like we've I think we've had this conversation before that um, I've always found the term uh, metalcore or at least the the, the general um, definition of it to be a bit of a misnomer as well because uh, you know when people think of death or when people think of metalcore at least if if they're sort of in that scene like immediately like as I lie dying comes to mind you know and like Devil Wears Prada and like things like that. And like you know, I'm I'm not gonna shit on those bands, uh, but I I will say that like I think they they don't exactly represent um, what metalcore is as a genre, like what it was supposed to be. What the like like because I mean I like I remember I, I don't know if you remember this that like I was like I look like I think you put on some converge and I was like this isn't metalcore. <laughs> yeah, no, I think metalcore is one of the most unhelpful genre tags only because like the differences between the the kind of offshoots are somewhat slight but like very like what? a band like earth crisis and converge and isolate dying don't sound like really anything alike but technically they're all metalcore and that's like really yeah, I mean, unhelpful I, mean, I, I, I could see earth crisis and converge being a little closer together but like yeah i, I think i think the difference is like as they lay dying and like those type of bands i i think like okay, so so basically, metalcore is supposed to mean metallic hardcore. That it's a fusion of hardcore punk, and with sort of a metal viciousness yeah. to it. Um, and I think with like an as I lay dying or like that type of thing, they the metal that they're taking from is more like mellow death and like Swedish death yeah. metal and things like that. Uh, whereas like a converge, I think they're just you know sort of taking the the spirit of it and sort of fusing it with the spirit of punk. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Uh, and, and and like I, I know that this this seems like splitting hairs, but like I, I think it's it, it's it's a very noticeable like audible difference. Like it, it isn't like oh yeah like this isn't avant garde metal. This is progressive metal or like you know let like. One of those, like, you, you know, like, uh, the whole metal, metal guy meme, like, you know, it's, it's avant progressive oh, death yeah. core, duh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, those were so great. I, I miss those. Uh, do, can we, can we just, like, can we start that? Just, like, a whole new wave of, like, bad metal memes? 
like, I, 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 I would enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, um, like, I, and speaking of which, like the, um, the sad prog fan, you know that. I probably yeah, do. It's like the uh, guy with, with the long hair it. and a ponytail on the bench. Yeah, yeah, that, that guy. And, and like one of them is uh, like twenty minute walk to work, not enough to listen to my favorite prog song or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> oh jeez. Like, what was the one with the girl who was like oh yeah like Skylet Drive that's my favorite death metal oh yeah <laughs> or or, uh, or like Pantera I love their sandwiches or something like that yeah <laughs> oh that's that's a nice wholesome one. Oh my god those are so great or have you ever seen the, there's one with uh, with Varg on it and he's like you know I I, I like my churches like my toast burnt oh god <laughs> oh like man yeah I know wow. maybe, maybe not the best of taste Yikes. but like I still find it to be really funny <laughs> oh jeez so. that's hilarious I mean yeah. that's, that's rough uh, but it's also hilarious oh yeah no no definitely I, I'm, I'm not advocating for uh, for people to burn churches I, I just that, that, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad I, you clear. I, 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 I'm a big fan of gallows humor so um <laughs> Yeah, so I think we went really off track, but just but like I, there I, I think it's definitely just an idea of like a misnomer. But at the same time, I mean, I like if people started taking like a prog metal band and like it, it, okay, it'd be like a, like if somebody just started saying, oh yeah, Opeth's an avant garde band, be like, no, like yeah, no, <laughs> like not even a little, or like but but then on the other side, like. I think people like, and I, I think you might be one of them that you, you would count Gorgets to be like sort of on an avant-garde type of plane, whereas I would say they're they're just kind of a prog death metal band, but that that's just me. Um, that yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would say they're more progressive. Uh, I think they fall more. It, 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 all, at, fairness, at this point, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of them, so. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, they're kind of like in the, the, the dissonant death metal sphere. It's kind of a an offshoot. Which I mean, that is I, taking... I, I think is, is very proggy. You know, I, I would I would argue that that's, you know, like that whole thing is, it's not really, like, I don't consider that death metal, or at least like pure, pure, uncut death metal, you know, because, because like you're using, you know, all these chromatics instead of, you know, a traditional scale. Yeah. Um. Which I, you know, to me, says you know, Prague, you know. But again, I I feel like this can get really um, annoying after a while if if we kept going like this because I I, I think you know putting these la- these labels only serve a purpose to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. They they it's not like you know I'm not expecting bands to conform to a sound. Uh, like the reason that we have these labels isn't because we need to lock down bands and, and like somehow like you know censor their creativity. It's more like this is like how else are we supposed to you know talk about this in a way like like it, it would be like like it's like describing blue to somebody without using the word blue. We'd be like <laughs> oh yeah well or like, like maybe like like you know like you'd be like oh well these two colors mixed together to make this and like whereas you could just say blue and just be fucking done with it like it's 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 a shortcut you know Mm -hmm. and these shortcuts aren't always accurate but they're helpful uh but that doesn't mean that they go that 
they should be the end all be all for sure, how we yeah. talk about music. So, yeah. Um, you have any final thoughts before we go to uh, albums of the week? No, I mean, uh, I think that was a kind of an interesting discussion about um, yeah. a genre that's had quite an interesting trajectory, to say the least. I mean, what? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you know, like if you, if you put on a, a death metal album, you know, an OG death metal album and a new death metal album, you could tell they're kind of in the same sphere. But like, if you put on like a Pink Floyd album and then like a Gent album, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah, what? No, it, or I e- mean, e- you could even, even do a, that. You you could do that with like albums from like the last ten years too. You could put on a Gent album, like you, you could actually put on the first Tesseract album, and then put on the second Tesseract album, and you'd be like, "What? Like, yeah, did, exactly." There's a lot of difference between the two. Uh, it's, it, I mean, that's sort of the way art grows. It 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 fractals in a way mm-hmm. away from itself. Yeah, and like you know, it just sort of spreads out in this like beautiful web. Uh, it's just yeah. It's it's really cool. Uh, it, it's definitely cool to see just how something like this has grown. Um, and I, I recommend anybody if they're interested to just you know pick up books about the history of music. Uh, you know, like genres that interest you because you, you'll see a lot of this. And I, I I think it's a really cool thing to check out. Like what comes to my mind is the um, I read this book uh, on post punk that really went into a lot of you know different styles that sort of all evolved from uh you know people sort of reacting to like sex pistols and like the clash and it's just you know it's a it's a cool thing to you know just be aware of that's all absolutely (sighs) Absolutely. yeah so we've got albums of the week uh scooter what, what what is what is your album of the week good sir so after our conversation from last week about you know bands we've changed uh, our minds about yeah. uh, we went uh, Newbury Comics was having their I guess I think it was like 20 it was an anniversary sale I forget which one but it was 20% off and uh, I said you know what because we had we had so many of Lauren's old Beatles CDs but we were missing a few I was like let's just let's just get them let's just do it let's pull the trigger so we bought <laughs> um, Let It Be the White Album, Abbey Road, and um, oh, Revolver. It. It's one of the, it's one of their early ones. Um, please please me. Um, Maybe with, with with the Beatles. Um, the, what, what, what's a Hard Day's Night? Uh, yes, it, 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 had, it had had, oh, had the okay. album with the it had the song Hard Day's Night on it, or it does have it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and the one I spent the most time listening to easily was. Um, Abbey Road, like that, just uh, really. Um, they, I mean, like I spent a lot of time listening to all of them, but like I just, I've always yeah. loved Here Comes the Sun, and there were so many other. I mean, I, I can't, I can't even think of them now. You know, I put it on, didn't really look at the track list, but there's so many songs that, yeah. like, again, kind of throughout our different Beatle conversations, I'm like, oh, I know this song. Like, you know, you know, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, if you would ask me straight up, like, you know, do you know the Beatles song? You know, whatever, I can't even think of, you know. Octopus's yeah. Garden. Yeah, actually, that, yeah. that's a good example. Is you know, like, it's, heard it's on Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I heard of yeah. that song. Uh, thank you for, for filling in the blanks for me. But I, yeah. I, I you know, <laughs> obviously, I've heard that a song existed. But then, you know, when it when it came on, I was like, you know, if you asked me beforehand, 
do you know that song? I'd be like, no, not really. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. Like, I've heard that before. Yeah, but it, it, um, now you know that you, you'd like to be under the sea, you know, in an octopus's garden in the shade. Exactly. You know? And, uh, so, I, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't listen to, um, I'm surprised, you, like, I was sort of thinking, and maybe it's my own bias, that, that you you would have picked uh, the White Album uh, as, as, like, that most interesting one. Because, I, I mean, I personally think that's, one of their more interesting albums just it, because of the sheer like amount of material on it and how different it all is yeah i mean that had a lot of great songs on it too i think uh by virtue of the you know the double cd um yeah it was it, it, it it's a lot to get through though yeah so. and, you know obviously it's easy yeah. like you know wake up in the morning just press play and you know abby road plays again um Boom, 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 yeah, exactly. Boom, uh, which, which, yeah. it's interesting because once again, it made me think of the fact that a lot of people think that Aerosmith's cover is like a bad cover. Like, I think it's fine. Like, yeah, like, it's, it's kind of weird. I, like, it, it's, it's really not shitty. I mean, the, like, I, don't, I, think I don't think people it's... just don't like Aerosmith. I, I think that's part of it. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people just don't like Aerosmith. That's true. Because uh, what I, I think, well, if your only experience with the band has been that stupid song from Armageddon. Like I can totally see why. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Uh. Which, to be fair, I, I I was actually a pretty big fan of that back in the day, but <laughs> I, I I like to say that I've grown up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which oh, speaking of, uh, did you did you do anything for record store day yesterday? Uh we actually we were at a um we were at a stadium yeah. at the funeral, so like now nah, we we, yeah. we didn't. Uh, I, I I wasn't sure whether you would you would try to like skip on over there afterwards or not. So no, I mean it, the, the um, record store we usually go to is like forty minutes away from her house or my girlfriend's house. Yeah, so, uh, and it would would have felt a little bit in poor taste to be like, all right, see ya. <laughs> After we go back to the house, rest uh, in peace. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> also, just over the years, yeah. I've I've just have lost interest in, in record store day a, a little bit more. Yeah, and more. I, um, I think just I, I'm with you there. Mainly because obviously, you know, first I was excited about the special record record store day releases. Then you know that that lost kind of you know lost its its luster with me, and now it's like I mean I can go to the record store day any day, and usually with record store day it's just really crowded. Like basically, it, yeah. it's just like going to the, it's like going to the record store like I do any other day, except oh wait, it's actually like just really, <laughs> it's, it's just like really yeah. you know crowded and, and it it, and, it yeah. it's just it's just full of shitheads who are just gonna take exactly what they buy and put them on eBay for twice the price. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's one of the sad other things but true. That really sucks. Yeah, no, yeah, really, <sighs> it's one of the things that sucks about uh, sucks about it. Like I, I still remember yeah. back to when I was gonna get um, uh, Shoo Shoo Twin, Twin, Twin Peaks, yeah, and then like <laughs> I, they didn't have it out of the stores, and I was really bummed. And when I went online, it was like there were already so many for sale for like a hundred plus dollars. Yeah, and, and now you can just get it on CD. So I, I am so glad because like I, I, I really wasn't that close to pulling the trigger because so I was like that's too much money. Like part of me was like, yeah, yeah. just buy it. It's never going to be released anywhere ever, except that's not true. I mean, um, I I would also say that I I feel like you should watch Twin Peaks before you you buy a Twin Peaks soundtrack. Well, you know, uh, that's, there's there's that too, but yeah, but the, 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 that's that's just me saying that because I I, I love me some Twin Peaks. Um, but anyway, uh, so I actually picked a rock album as well this week. Uh, I was sort of looking through 
my my listing stuff this week. I, I was almost gonna pick um Igloo Ghost uh, Clear Teme because uh, I have Which that is on a again. Great album, like, but not necessarily a rock album. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I picked an album that I of of a band that I've been really spinning a lot lately. Just I, I don't know if it's because of nostalgia or what, but uh, Incubus. Incubus is uh, album Light Grenades. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I've just been like really, really digging In- Incubus like a lot lately. Just like there's something about the way they write songs and sort of about the way they perform that I I really like. Uh, like th- they just they bring a lot of energy and passion into their performance. It just like Brandon Boyd singing is just out of this world. Um, I you know and the, the, I don't do you know the track Animalia? Yes. Yeah. I love that song so much. Like it is my favorite Incubus song. Like when I'm listening to Light Grenades, like I'll listen to Animali like three or four times and then go on to like the rest of the album. It uh, I, and the thing is like the rest of the album is really good too. Like, uh, like I, I used to get sort of worn down by like the latter half of the album, but like listening to it again this week, I really appreciate just both sides of this album. I think it's just it's it's definitely one of my favorite albums ever. Um, you know, it's, and it's just cool to sort of, you know, listen to this band again, because I, you know, I got into them, I think during like my first year of college and, um, I, I, I sort of lost interest and uh, I, I kind of regret that because like, I, I just, I, I, I feel like they're a band that deserves a little more respect, but yeah, you know, they were always of like that kind of alt metal movement uh they always had a bit of a unique voice they're always um just interesting like the way they you know had so like you know the turntables a little bit of the hip-hop elements but like it was more subtle yeah. uh, they could pull off a damn good acoustic track they had something like that like drive yeah. is a phenomenal Dr- drive is a phenomenal great. song I mean... um you know so some of the uh you know some of the all metal bands so their, their slower songs were a little uh, cheesy, like for some reason, the first band that came to mind was Cold Chamber, and like I honestly don't even know if Cold Chamber <laughs> had like a slower song. Uh, I don't think do but, they. <laughs> and now, now I'm thinking about the album my dad had. It's the one with the angel and like the with the cello on that's on the front, and like I'm I'm realizing just how horrible an album cover that was, and like how. Oh was, yeah, like, what... isn't that the self titled Because I thought you were talking about Incubus, but you're talking about Cold Chamber. So. That, yeah, Cold that, Chamber. That's, yeah. that's the first Cold Chamber album. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I, with like the ice cream truck. I think so and like. In my head, I'm I'm like visualizing it now. I'm like, wow, that's like a that's like just you know graphic design is my passion. Like that's that, that's like what <laughs> it's just such a such a bad. Um, it really it really is. And now I some of those '90s album covers, man. Yeah, now I'm trying to think of like uh, bad '90s and 2000s bands that uh, I you know I was actually thinking of at some point that we talk about like bad music that we like, but um, oh, bad, like guilty pleasures. Uh, and then I guess yeah, we can debate whether but, guilty pleasures are a thing, or yeah, I that would be cool to talk about. Um, but but yeah, so that that's that's been our episode this week. Um, we're actually a little early today. We're we're at an hour and six minutes, yeah. which is usually we've gone over like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. most times now. But, so that just means we so have to we're, we're, just talk for four more minutes. No, <laughs> that, that is not what that means, it's, Scott. We, we're 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 both too sweaty to to do this <laughs> to to do that for much longer. I'm I'm losing moisture rapidly, oh, Scott. There we go. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go uh, take a shower, I guess. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, take care.
Boom.